Welcome to the Runderlust Show. We're happy you found us. Whether you're new to running, chasing a personal best, or simply out for a jog to lower the noise of life, we're here for you. We'll offer you that encouragement that you need, that we all need, to keep running as a part of our lives. We're set to explore the human connection with running through stories, guest interviews, topic dives, and of course, our own experiences. Join us for some miles and some laughs while we all perfect the art of running downhill. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Runderless. We call this the Wonderlust episode. One being number one, you know. My name is Mark Prosu. I am one of the co-hosts of the Runderlust show, and I know nothing about running. This is brand new to me. I just started, I'd say, this year, uh, a few months back, and it's turned into something that's become a daily activity for me, almost daily. But I'm joined today and every day with my friend Todd Marantet. Todd. Who are you? Hey, Mark. Uh, I'm Todd. Uh, just like you, I'm a runner. Been running for probably a little bit longer than you. And you know, one thing that I found really exciting was uh, was past. It was this past summer, out of the blue, you didn't say anything, but I started seeing you post your runs to Strava, and I'm like, oh Lord, this is perfect. Maybe all this talking and all my stories of running have actually transferred to Mark and uh, started to run. So that was got me really excited. I, I love running, Mark. You know that. I've been talking to you about it for probably way too long. And uh, you know what? Why did you start running, Mark? That's what I'm really interested in. Why did you start to run? Well, I think you wore me down, Todd. I think eventually from you know all the conversation about you know the epic runs that you've uh, partook in and the things that you've seen on your runs, just the overall fitness. Uh, I've seen you change over the years too as well. From when we first met, we've known each other for getting close to probably are you, are eight you to 10 years now. I was out of shape. Are, are you saying I was a little bit of a, out of shape, Mark? No, you were still a shape. <laughs> but no, I've just, I've seen uh, the change over the years. And uh, for me, I'd say running is one of the easiest kind of accessible ways of fitness all you need two shoes sometimes one uh, but just need you know shoes are uh, the minimal uh, amount of equipment that you need and just that will to get out there and you don't need to run 5k right away you don't need to run two you could just get out there start walking run a little bit stop again and just feel you know, better about yourself, starting the day with some level of fitness. And I think that that's what it was for me. I've been off and on over the years with uh, running a little bit here and there, but I would make the mistake of doing too much too fast and then be injured and then not really go back to it for a matter of months. So that was something that I took a little more seriously this year after talking to you about easing into things. And uh, with using Strava, you indicated that maybe I was doing too much too fast. And sure enough, there were times where I injured my knees. So 
here I am doing things a little more even keel, uh, slowing things down. And now I've actually really enjoyed it. So for yourself, have you had any injuries uh, over the years that, I mean, maybe we're getting into things too fast. Let's uh, take a, take a step back here, but what does this show mean to you? Why, why did you want to uh, partake in a podcast on running? Aren't there a lot of running podcasts already? Yes, I would say there's lots of running podcasts already, and they all have their, uh, I would say, uniqueness to them. There's a probably a rotation that I, that I listen to um, that I that I enjoy, and we can share those in the in the show notes. But really, like I would say, for the seven eight years that I've been running, I've come across so much really cool information, stuff that I learned, stuff that I've experienced, and it's really fun to have. A time to talk and, and share that with others. Maybe it helps them. Maybe it helps them avoid some of the stuff that I've gone through. Um, but also talking to runners, whether you're beginner, uh, intermediate, uh, an elite, you can always learn something. So there's there's so much fun to like just to have a conversation and and to learn. So like, what is Runderlust to me? It, it's about that. It's about making running a part of our daily lives. You know, try to balance work with life, um, taking care of ourselves, our bodies and our minds, having fun. That's, you know, some things that, uh, people can probably take for granted sometimes, but it's about having some fun, having some laughing, uh, talking with my, a really good buddy. So I, I think it's just, that's what Runderlust is to me is just that opportunity to share. And if we were out on the trails, Mark, uh, if we were running today, we would probably be having the exact same conversation. We might be a little bit out of breath, but uh, I think that's the fun thing to have those trail conversations in a, in a virtual world and share share with others. What about you? What about you, Mike? Sorry, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I was going to say, like, Runderless, like, why did you uh, want to start Runderless with, uh, with myself, being a new runner? Excellent. Great question. For me, just being uh, a part of something new and actually enjoying it. I mean, I wouldn't say that I have a ton of different hobbies. I mean, I enjoy music, but uh, I've never been somebody that uh, was a huge athlete in any sort of way. There was a series of uh, you know months where I'd go to the gym maybe on a regular basis, but that would be it. So I'd always start something and then stop. And I feel with running, uh, having a limited time, a limited amount of time each morning in order to get a certain level of fitness in, running allowed me to do that within, you know, say 30 minutes is what I was hoping to accomplish in any given day. And, and I can do that. I can strap on my shoes, run out the door, get back, and then start getting my kids ready for school uh, and then get myself ready for work. So very simple. I don't have to waste any time driving to a gym just go out my front door and run in my own backyard or around the neighborhood. So with running and the runderless show, I thought that this might be a gateway for other new runners who are thinking about partaking in running or just dabbling in it a little bit to show them that it's something that you can do. You don't need to be a skilled athlete. You don't need to be somebody who has always been, you know, into sports. This is, this is for anyone. And the neat thing is, is that when you're out at, whether it's your regular time in the morning or a different times of day, 
you see other people just pursuing the same thing and just getting out, having a nice, easy run. Some people are really giving her, but uh, it's nice to see and share that kind of experience with other people. So I'm hoping that this podcast will bring that noob's perspective to running uh, to the forefront here and uh, hopefully ask the questions that are on your mind, but maybe you're too afraid to ask. That's a good so, point. You know yeah. what? I think it's, it's a common <clears throat> a common story that maybe all runners actually have is that there is something really great about running. It doesn't require a whole lot of equipment. It doesn't require you actually having to go somewhere. We're busy people, right? So being able to spend 20 to 30 minutes a day and it doesn't actually have to be a three hour or two hour endeavor is key. We can run everywhere. You can run anywhere. If you're at a offsite, if you're at a business meeting, if you're on vacation, really all you need is a good pair of shoes, a little bit of running gear and, and you're golden. So absolutely. Absolutely. So here, I got a question for you. So you've been running, I would say seriously for since summertime, um, you're probably getting in what, how many, how many kilometers a week now are you trying for? I strive for a 5K each morning if I can do that. I take it a little bit easier on the weekends because um, kids wake up a bit earlier, and uh, which you think would be the other way around. But um, so I would say that I'm averaging between 25 to 35K a week. Sometimes on the weekend, I do get a chance to get out and run a little bit longer. So standard for me would be 5K a day. I've got my route, I run it pretty much without fail uh, each day. I should try to vary it up a little bit, but I know exactly what it'll take to get me to that 5k mark. And then so yeah, you're, yeah. So you're doing your, your 5k a day. And, and then, you know, with your daily 5ks, what have you, what have you learned since you started in the summertime? Like what's something that looking back surprises you now that you wouldn't have thought when you first started? I would say that uh, for myself getting out there, um, trying to focus more on the uh what is it your heartbeat ranges uh or trying not to do too much too fast i think that uh, what i mean by that is i would get out there and almost be trying to like better myself each time in terms of my timing but then i would be really sucking air at the, the back end of those runs and when i took some time to take a step back and just really focus on keeping my heart beat underneath the uh, 140 beats per minute mark, uh, I really started to soak in um, what was happening around me and you know, nature, the trees. I run through a cemetery every day and just you notice things that you don't. And I'd find that when I would be done my run, I would just be more relaxed, not hurting. I uh, just, you feel more at peace, almost like it was a meditative kind of state when you're running there. So, and then I could have gone out for another 5k after that because I'm not trying to go too hard. But those mornings where I was just trying to better my previous time, I would feel it afterwards. You'd still feel that sense of accomplishment, but I didn't feel great afterwards. So I'd say I matured maybe a little bit more as a runner over the summer with just being okay with not having you know personal bests each time because who am I really trying to impress? I've got seven <laughs> followers on Strava. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. We might have eight after this. You, you, you Only be positive here. <laughs> one can hope. We'll see. But I, 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 it's, a, it's a good point that you talk about, though, right? It's that's what I love to you know to talk to you about to get that fresh perspective, right? Because a lot of times new runners don't catch that till it's too late, 
And uh, yeah, it's that mindset of sometimes we're all a little bit too type A, where you always want to better the run that you did yesterday or be better than you were yesterday. And you'll get there, absolutely. But you don't want to run yourself into it, into injury, right? So I think that's key. So good, good on you for catching yourself. Because did you notice a difference? Like you said, like the difference between running versus a pace that you're trying to hit and running versus like just breathing, trying to breathe normally. You can, you can see a difference, right? Absolutely. And and I feel it, especially at the end there where, um, you know, when you're running that final, let's say 500 meters as well. And if you're really breathing heavy, you know that you pushed a little bit too hard. And I haven't had too many injuries over the years, but the one that does reoccur is one with my right knee. And I think I injured it one, you know, one year doing boot camp, uh, the one time that I did boot camp. And that just kind of follows me around. So every once in a while, when I'm pushing a little bit too hard, I get that tingling sensation in my knee. And the last thing I want to do is injure myself and be out because with two young kids at home, you've got to be on and uh, you got to be willing to play, um, play hard and have a lot of fun. And I can't afford uh, an injury just by pushing myself too hard right now. So, uh, you know, I crossed the 40 uh, year old uh, mark this year. And that was also another, I want to call it stimulus or a uh, reason for me pushing to be a little more healthy in my life. And I want to be around with my kids. And so I thought, you know, getting out, running again, some daily fitness, get that uh, just, or, yeah, just overall health improved uh, is is what I've been striving for. And for our new listeners, our goal, well, I don't know, it might take us 10 years to get there, but we have to get Mark signed up for a race. So he, he's a daily runner, but he has no interest in actually running a race. So that's something that uh, we'd like to explore. And he's nodding his head. No, there's no, no, there's no race on the calendar yet for 2024, but we'll try to see what we can do to convince him that maybe to to sign up for that local 5k we'll see well what was your first race what drove you to sign up for that first 5k yeah it, <laughs> probably a lot like i'm trying to do with you so my my buddy harvey uh probably spent an entire summer trying to get me to run and uh it was a summer of i think 2016 and by september i finally agreed to say you know what i'll, I'll start running and i'll run the santa claus race i think it was called the essex jingle bell run just in a small town here. And so I started training, had a goal in mind. Looking back, I probably needed that goal in mind to like keep me motivated because those first couple runs that I went on were horrendous. Like I was out of breath. I was walking. I was questioning what on earth I was doing. But slowly, surely I, I built towards that uh, race in a couple months. And then for me, it was like a light switch. We went to that first race, maybe like a couple hundred people there. It was fun. Uh, the kids came, there was like snacks and drinks and there was a race atmosphere. It was fun. So I kind of caught the bug and then that one turned into another race uh, a month later. And then that first year I would probably try to run every Saturday, at least every Saturday with, with Harvey at a local 5k. And, uh, we got caught up in that. So for me, it was just that first race kind of was my gateway drug. If you, if you want to call it. So was the medallion that you received at the end of that Santa Claus run, like a little gingerbread man running, or did you get to open a present at the end? Candy canes, uh, lump of coal. What was it? I think, I think we just got a, a medal. It might be hanging up on my wall. I don't know. It is. There's one over there that's hanging up on the wall. 
Um, but you know what, son? Like I remember this in that first Jingle Ball run, and Mark knows me. I'm a little bit competitive, probably a, little, a lot competitive. But I was just having fun. I was probably out there for 27, 28 minutes just running a 5K. And as I got to the finish line, I slowed up a little bit. And I got beat in the last like couple steps from this older gentleman who was just kicking hard to the finish. And I, I, I mentioned it to my daughters afterwards. I'm like, I got out kicked at the end. I can't let that ever happen again. So that's like, and then you got to finish hard. So that was the, one of the last things or things to take away is don't coast to the finish line. If you got one more step, push through. I was hoping you're going to say by a bearded man that was jolly and uh, you know, he was <laughs> saying ho, ho, ho as he ran past. Yeah, it was Santa Claus. Santa Claus caught me. Absolutely. <laughs> He's fast. He's fast. He has to get around the whole world in one night, Mark. Come on. He just has to wiggle that nose, right? <laughs> and then so at the finish line, milk and cookies for everybody. That's milk that, sounds, that could be something I could get behind there, though. You know, a Santa Claus run. Uh, it could be a lot of fun. Some eggnog. Eggnog was a bad choice. <laughs> True. But yeah, I think we'll you, you started off, you started off with something that's really important, right? It's just that you're building consistency. So you are running really consistent and you're taking care of yourself. You're listening to your body. So the reason why like new runners kind of run into trouble is that when you're first starting off, you're not fit. Your muscles aren't fit. Your tendons aren't fit. Your bones aren't used to the loading. And you compile that, it takes time for the body to adjust to any stress. Most people think that they're unique or they're the, the exception to the rule. As we get older, I'm 46, it takes us longer than we ever think for our bodies to adjust. So if you think, ah, in a month I can get fit, nah, it's probably more like three or four months before you're actually fit. So that's why it's really hard for a new runner uh, to be patient because they want to see short-term gains, right? And uh, I think the approach that you have coming to new into running and slowly building that consistency is going to, it's going to just be that platform to do whatever you want to do, to continue on your health journey, to, join, to run a race, or just to expand your daily running if time allows to maybe a few more minutes here and there. And possibly one day I'll have, you know, banners and, you know, medals on the wall behind me. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have one yet, but you know what? We'll see. We'll see if we get there, if I get that competitive competitive uh, bite in me to uh, get out there and lace them up for, for a run. But I find that like that drive to get out there at what, 4.30 in the morning? What's the earliest you've had to get out to a race? I know that you've ran quite a few now, especially if you look behind you. So what are your stats right now? So you have how many marathons under your belt right now? Yeah. I've run 12 marathons and one ultra marathon distance. And uh, some were in person, uh, some were virtual back when we were, uh, weren't allowed to travel and whatnot. Um, but the earliest I actually had to get to a start line, I would say was in New York. So I, I ran New York in 21 and 22. And uh, that, that race is a marathon just to get to the start line. So you wake up at a hotel, you got to go down the subway, you got to get to Staten Island, onto a ferry onto Staten Island, onto buses, which takes way too long to get on this bus, to the start line. So you probably have to wake up at 4 a.m. to get to Staten Island for 9 a.m. into your starting corral. And for me, I was running around 11 o'clock in the morning. So you're up from 4.30 to 11 just to start your race. And then 
four and a half hours to get to the finish line. So yeah, you do actually have to wake up pretty early, but you practice that during the, during your build is you, you practice the time of day you're going to run waking up early. You want to make sure that you, you know, introduce your body and your mind to that sort of stress as best as you can to help make race day a great memory and not a, a disaster to remember. Well, I imagine that morning commute then, uh, to the race is a good, you know, stress for your body. You know, you're seeing other people, I guess it's usually on a weekend though. Right. So you're not going with the folks that are in the rat race, just, you know, trying to get to work in the morning. Right. So, but then again, it is New York, lots of people all the time. Right. So, yeah. Something else I just wanted to ask you too, is, you know, from the years that you've been running now, I see right. You're wearing a, a path projects hat. And uh, you tend to wear a lot of path clothing too. So let's talk about some of the gear that uh, you've been introduced to over the years and that you've support. I know you've tried a, a, a lot of different types, um, but you've seemed to have found uh, things that you really, really like. So, yeah, you know, I'm a, a path projects ambassador. I'm a crew member, so I love my path projects. So you're right. If, if I could get a florist to make some more business clothes, you'd probably see me at work all day in my path projects, but yeah, I, I love it. The material, it's soft. It just fits. It uh, wicks away moisture. It's quick dry. It doesn't smell, which as a runner, you know, as uh, you're progressing, if you're out there for a little bit of time, the clothes can smell. I don't have that problem with path projects. So I love it, but it's a good question, right? So gear, I'm probably much like you. When I first started, I just went to winners. I found a, a cheap pair of running shoes and not thinking too much about them, went out and started running. And they were they were fantastic. I, I loved them. Uh, then with time, you start dabbling, right? You're like, I hear somebody else running in this style or I've heard about this brand. And you try to test everything. And that was one thing that's fun about running is, is to give everything a shot because you'll find out what works for you. And what works for me may not work for you, Mark, but uh, and what works for you may not work for me. So the gear that I've really found to, to pay really close attention to is you got to have good footwear. And that doesn't mean you need to have like a giant cushion shoe. You just have to have a shoe that feels well to you. It feels right. It's comfortable. It's got room in it. It doesn't jam your foot in there. It lets your, your toes move around. So shoes mean everything. And then your gear, like you want to make sure that you're out in the run. And some of the questions that Mark's always asking me deal a lot with chafing. So <laughs> So I say, hey, if you got your path projects on, Mark, you have nothing to worry about with a chafing. But that for, for a lot of runners, like if you're running in the heat or running long distances, chafing can be an issue. So that's why you need that good running gear. And then as you run more and more, it's like anything in life, you have to spend all your time investing and buying into things that actually don't really help you during your run. So you got to have the good running watch and the sunglasses and the earphones. Mm -hmm. Uh, all this stuff that you don't really need, but you need a really good running gear, running gear kit and a pair of running shoes. Okay. So for, from your perspective, new runner, what did you learn uh, with your gear when you first started off? I haven't made the plunge over to uh, running tights yet. So um, still a work in okay. progress there, which I think contributes to uh, perhaps the chafing. So we'll get there. I remember at one point in time, you know, having a shower after a run and being like, there needs to be the perfect kind of running underwear and I'll call it runderwear. And then it exists already. So it's amazing that, um, you know, somebody's going to start to think that all I do is add the word run to 
everything, you know, the random I wasn't going to say thing. anything, but uh, yeah, <laughs> could be. I'm a one trick pony here. But when it comes to gear, I started, I remember the first pair of running shoes that I bought. This is when I graduated from school and I thought I was going to go to the gym a little bit more often. I bought some, you know, some Adidas and they were okay. They, they did the job for a number of years and I actually think I probably still have them around the house somewhere. And there have been some great shoes that I've worn. There've been some terrible shoes that I've worn. And most recently I bought a pair of, and nothing against Asics because I've had some great pairs of Asics too over the years, but the pair that I bought, I purchased them because I wanted something with some grip for the winter uh, in case the roads get a little bit icy and I'm still out there, you know, at the minus uh, zero degrees Celsius temperature. And I thought, you know, these will be great for it because of the grip. But then when I actually started running in them, it's like running on brick. Uh, they have such a hard sole. They don't look very cool. Uh, not that that matters, but for a new runner, hey, you want to look legit, right? And anyway, so they just really aren't doing what I was hoping they would do. I think I've seen some seniors wearing them around as uh, just their, you know, comfy <laughs> shoes. And I've uh, unfortunately... I'll wear them when I need to, but the pair of shoes or the brand of shoes that I've actually really enjoyed more recently are the ultras. And so I bought a pair of ultra, um, trail shoes, the toe box, just wide open. Just, they're so comfortable. The soles have been very light, cushiony, and I don't know all the technical terms when it comes to running shoes, but overall the two pairs that I now have and one pair you've gifted me, which I thank you for, and they're quite wonderful, but they are great and, and you enjoy wearing them. And, uh, recently I had a trip to California and I wore them around while hiking and it was just, just great compared to other shoes that I've had. And we're going to link that in the show notes. Cause like Mark was in California for a few days and he kept sending me these amazing photos of the ocean running along the ocean on some trails and I'm like, Hmm. And here I am running in the dark with a headlamp on. So yeah. yeah. Thanks for, thanks for reminding that Mark. That was, it looks like you had a hard time out there in California running on the beach. <laughs> but you know what, the thing about that and yeah, thanks for bringing that up because <laughs> when you travel, one of the best ways of exploring the area around where you're staying is um, a walking, but B, running because you get to see more and excellent point excellent. and so i was able and fortunate to be able to get out for you know five and you know 10 k's each morning to just really explore what's you know along the shoreline where some of the stores are so i can pick up souvenirs later on just get an overall um you know taste of what is walkable and what you know you can take an uber to and that and the piece that you'd feel in the morning running the coastline and seeing all the other folks out there running, walking and enjoying it uh, was just wonderful. So I saw some coffee shops that I'd hit up later on in the week. Uh, got a great croissant and jam the one day at a beach kind of uh, just coffee shop. It was just wonderful. And then just took the time to soak in uh, that shoreline and it was great. So running. You, you touched on a great topic. Yeah. Like when you're on vacation, there is no better way or out of town to see a new city than to explore with a jog. It's, it's fantastic. You're right. And we had, uh, we were fortunate enough to do that uh, together in Montreal when we had a, a trip, right. And, uh, it was great to run down to, um, the St. Lawrence river there and, uh, just 
see the shoreline and uh, old part of Montreal. And it was just a great way to see some history too. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I was like, I was like taking a lot of photos. So I was your, your personal photographer. I was trying to like snap some really cool photos for you. That's great. And you for I'll me. Have to, <laughs> yep. I'll have to put those up on the, uh, the, uh, Runkle Mark, uh, Instagram handle there. So, but lots of fun. So that is also something else that I'd say that I've really enjoyed about running is, uh, that opportunity just to get out and do something different, whether it's trail running or running in old Montreal or running in California, something that, you know, Mark from one year ago would not have been exposed to. So again, thanks for putting that, uh, you know, the running bug in my ear and, uh, here we are. It only took uh, six years. I think it was actually it was five years, (laughs) five years. So uh, I'm a slow worker. Like that's, that's how I roll. But you know what? I came across an article, Mark, and I I thought that uh, I could use it to, you know, maybe ask you a few questions. It came from runner's world earlier this year and it was called 14 running tips for beginners. And maybe it's not just for beginners. I would say that we could probably all learn from these 14 tips. So maybe we can digest them a little bit. So my first observation, 14 running tips. That seems like a lot. I don't, I don't know if that's a little bit overwhelming to a new runner. What, what do you think if someone came up to you with 14 tips of how to be a new runner? I mean, I would probably skim through them and take uh, the top five that are most relevant to me. Uh, but I mean, it's great that somebody put the 14 together because what works for me may not work for the next new runner. So um, yeah, I'm very curious. So uh, ask away. Okay. So, so the first t- running tip for beginners was you have to find a safe or enjoyable route. What are your thoughts about how do you find your safe and enjoyable route? Absolutely. What I have to say is staying off the road or finding a route that's off a road with a lot of traffic is key. The route that I run each morning, there's maybe three or four minutes where I'm running on the side of the road, but in those three or four minutes each way, it's actually quite scary because you have people that are distracted. Sometimes you have uh, people that are on their phones or maybe there's the glare of the sun, uh, depending on the time of year. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to leap off the road because people are getting really, really close, especially, you know, that coincidental time where there's cars that are passing each other and you're also on the edge of the road too, uh, just at that perfect timing where nobody's really giving each other any space. So Yep. Very important. Totally with you on that. And I know that you and I have talked about that too, where people have, you know, if there's a puddle and uh, the timing is there as well, and they have the ability to soak you in the puddle. I don't know what it is about maybe my running face. Maybe I look angry and they just want to soak me or, or what, but not ideal. But once I get past that point, I have a cemetery here in uh, Chatham, Ontario, where I'm able to do loops and I can, I can run as much as I want in there. There's very little traffic. Uh, there's some workers in the morning, uh, getting things set up. Very little judgment probably too. There's probably no, no judgment in the cemetery either. I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) no, there's a few folks in there that are, uh, you know, the daily, I think the real people anyway. Um, (laughs) never thought about this before. We'll explore that in a future episode. (laughs) (laughs) We've never seen them outside of the cemetery. So they aren't apparitions, but anyway, you see, safe, safe environment in there for sure. And again, you can just do continual routes and circuits around there, which I love. How about yourself? I know that you have uh, some safe places around your home. Yeah. The same idea. Like the, the key that I I heard from you is something that I kind of focus on myself was you got to find that safe route 
ideally away from traffic. If you have a trail around you, trails are the best. Uh, if you don't have a trail, the shoulder of a road or a very quiet road. I live in a very small town. I'm blessed to have a, a provincial park right across the street from me. And you'll find me there every day. There's no traffic. But if you actually do find yourself in traffic, the article talks about this and the stuff that it's, maybe it's, it's commonplace. But uh, as you're running, don't assume that the car actually sees you. So, and don't assume that the car is actually going to move away from you. Take control yourself, move off to the side, make yourself seen, run, run facing traffic, but don't ever put your safety in the hands of a driver who, yeah, we'll explore that maybe in a future episode because a lot of runners see this. We get run off the road, either mistakenly, purposely, quite often, at least once a run. So you got to be really careful. That's a really good point. And uh, since taking up running a little more uh, semi-seriously, I've purchased a beacon. So I've got the blue light that just uh, you know blinks very, very bright and see from a distance. And actually, a lady yesterday and uh, the day before, I've seen her now as a regular in the, the cemetery there. And she said, you get around quite a bit. I see your blue light blinking all over the cemetery. So I think at first I took her off guard because I wear a lot of black. And my whole entire running outfit is black. So I do need light. Um, so I do have, like I said, the beacon. I've got reflector band on my other sleeve. Um, the coat does have uh, reflectors on it. Uh, the ultra shoes have reflection uh, material built into it. And then I also have the headlamp. So the headlamp has been key in the morning because I can, you know, low, high, and then it, it blinks as well. And I find that whatever I can do to get the attention of uh, the cars that are coming towards me, it helps. And I've seen a noticeable difference since I started employing those. Well, that's that perks that layers perfectly into the second part. The second tip was pick a time of day that works for you. So you shared that you run early in the morning. I'll run usually any time of day that I can sneak it in. Usually it's uh morning on the weekends, uh, after work during the week. So we're running in low light for most of the year, uh, in Canada. So yeah, having reflection, uh, reflections or the lights, the flashing lights be seen. That's, that's key. And I think that was a, if you go one step further in that, that second tip, it's about don't overthink it, pick the, the time of day that works best for you. If you have a very busy life, you might have to sneak out 30 minutes in the morning before work. And if you have to run at nine o'clock at night, that's, that's okay. There's no right or wrong time of day, as long as it's enjoyable and you're actually making it a part of your day. That's the hardest thing for, I would say all runners is developing that habit, that habit. So really setting aside time in your day, uh, for 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it needs to be. Now you no, touched really on good. something, Mark, uh, you, you touched on something about when you first started off was your running pace. So when you first started running, you were just out and running and you said you along the lines of your, you were just trying to better your, your previous run. The third, the third tip that they offer is to start slowly. And I, I wrote an article about this and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but what actually is slow to you? What was slow to you and what is slow to you now? Great question. I think that uh, where I feel the most comfortable coming in, you know, at the end of a run is around that five minutes, 30 seconds a kilometer mark. I find that taking my time, I'm breathing correctly. I'm not pushing myself too hard. 
when I get closer to that five minute or four minute and 30 second mark, I- I'm feeling it afterwards. So I know what, that's too what fast. Does feeling, what does feeling feel like? Like, what, how do you know it feels too hard? Feels that I'm, I'm forcing it. Uh, so okay. I, my breathing is elevated. I can feel my heart beating a lot faster too. And uh, you just feel like you're really pushing yourself. And that's where it, you, know, you still feel fine at the end. Uh, your recovery is a little bit longer there too, but it is just, you just know that you're pushing it. And um, sometimes you're feeling like you need to stop and walk uh, when you're really, uh, you know, in that, especially down at the four minutes and 30 seconds uh, being a new runner again. I know that that's easy for some people, but for me, that's when I'm perhaps taking some time to uh, get a little bit of a, you know, a one minute walk in between and then before I start up again. So you're, you're bang on. You touched on a, a, one of the tips that it was coming up was uh, it's okay to walk, uh, especially for new runners. Uh, maybe running's the wrong name. It's jogging. It's you're just out for a little bit of exercise. Um, you don't necessarily mean to run the entire, entire time. And that you touched on something really cool too, that, uh, that I heard is uh, perception. Um, you can self-perceive when you're running easy and when you're running too hard, if you're really honest with yourself. So very similar. I have a very similar pace to you. If I'm running 5.30, maybe 5.45 minutes per kilometer, the breathing's easy. Um, I can talk. I can easily carry on a conversation without having a great urge to breathe. So that that's really good. And I find if I start to pick up that pace a little bit, especially if you're on a group run or running with a buddy, that's when you start to get a little bit, uh, you know, heavier breathing, you're having trouble keeping up. So that maybe to help you with that kind of self gauge, if you don't have that fancy running watch is to really sense in when are you actually switching from that easy breathing, easy talking to where you're starting to like, maybe breathe like in, out, in, out, um, That'll tell you once you start that past that threshold, you're pushing it a little bit too fast. And you know what, as you mature as a runner, as you get more base built under you, you want to be able to do that a few times a week. There's no worries about that. But as a new runner, you have no base. You're starting from nowhere. So you want to give yourself that time to recover, to be stronger for your body to adapt and uh, perception, the breathing rate. That's a great way to keep you in that easy pace. You'll, people say like, I got to run easy today. Then they're going out on Strava and hammering four minute kilometers, setting 5k PBs. That, that's not easy, no matter what they say in Strava. You know, I always joke, I think I joked to you about that. If you title that in Strava, does that make it real? No, uh, just because you call it an easy run in Strava, it may not be uh, an easy run. Walking is really cool. Uh, key. You talked about um, on your run, do you encounter any hills? Here in Chatham, no, very, very few. Uh, we have a green space that's behind our neighborhood and there is a little slight hill that goes down over the creek and back up, but nothing to write home about. What I noticed when I was running in California, uh, certainly a lot more elevations there and was uh, it definitely changed my runs too. And what I did is I didn't try to force it running up those hills. I would actually take the time to just walk up and I didn't want to force any kind of injuries um, because this is, you know, geography that I'm not as familiar with. My body is not used to those elevations. And so I thought that going out there, taking it easy on those inclines, um, 
will only help me um, because too much too soon. Again, I'm going to go home with an injury and that's not going to be great for Christmas. Right. So. Yeah. You, you just touched on some, you, did you actually write this article? This actually might be written by Mark. <laughs> this is fantastic, but you're bang on when you encounter a hill, <laughs> when you encounter a hill, slow down. If you, especially new runners, when you see that incline, walk up the incline and also be careful as a new runner running downhill. The downhills can feel great. Gravity's pulling you. Uh, physics is on your side, and you can run a little bit too fast. And you might actually not be re- might not be ready to run too fast. So yeah, watch out for those hills. Take it easy on the hills. Another one here that uh, says tips for new runners and uh, for any runner: distance doesn't matter. What does that mean to you? For distance, that doesn't matter. I would say that uh, in my mind, I've always tried to strive for that 5K uh, each morning. And that could have also been a little bit too much too fast for folks. So I would say that for the new runner, start walking and then maybe run, you know, 400 meters and then walk again and then maybe another 600 or 200. But the important thing is just getting out there and doing it. And you know, try and start having fun with it. You're not having to impress anybody. You're just, whatever goals you have, uh, make sure that they're internal and for yourself. And you can build from there. There's always greater distances you can accomplish, but it doesn't really help when you do too much too fast, get injured. Then you're going to hang up those shoes. You're not going to feel like doing it. Yep. You know, the next day you're going to want to recover for who knows how long. It might take weeks if you do, you know, pull a hammy or something like that. So. And that's what you're trying to avoid as a, a new runner, an experienced runner, consistency. You want consistency. You want to avoid the injury. And really what injury means is just time away. When, when I hear distance doesn't matter to me, uh, sometimes runners can tie their sense of outcome or their perception of a run to a certain distance. So it's like, I must do a 5K today. I must do a 10K or run 10 miles today. And so, yeah, just just watch out for that. Like you said, Mark, just start off slow and don't necessarily run to round numbers. Numbers meet, are meaningless. So yeah, distance does not matter. What about this one? What about this one here? They talk about relax. So you you mentioned earlier that uh, when you picked up the pace, maybe you felt like you were pushing a little bit more. So one tip they offer new runners is consciously relaxing on on the run so how do you relax on your run so i would say that one of the things that i've introduced a little more recently is um not running to such aggressive music i i love good heavy music whether it's electronic or heavy metal you know usually they tend to have a faster beat and rhythmically you almost try to match that when you're running which is which is interesting so Something that I've introduced a little more recently would be more calming music. And when you're running at a slower pace and there's something that is just, you know, zen about having something almost meditative where you're running and you're like seeing the birds, seeing the trees, just how different everything looks when you're you're actually paying attention. So running relaxed as well, uh, when you're not trying to push and you're just you know, trying to run like you're, you know, on a cloud. This is sounding really weird now, but this is what I actually think about when I'm running. So just taking it easy. Running on the cloud. (laughs) Well, with those ultras, 
feels like it. <laughs> but it, it's actually true. Uh, when I'm not forcing um, myself to run too, too fast, and I'm consciously trying to just have a nice, truly easy run, just feel so much better afterwards, during, and then uh, and just your mind uh, afterwards too. You just feel you have a little more clarity. So that's what it means to me. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, relaxation comes from being able to be in the moment. So for sure, uh, the type of music that you're listening to, a great podcast you're listening to, it can help motivate you. It can also help relax you. I totally agree with that. Just being able to be at one with the thoughts and the time that you have. Uh, when I ran the the 50 miler, that was the one thing I was really worried leading up into this is for 12 hours, I'm going to be out there without music, without a, a podcast or my favorite book playing. So actually, how, how, how am I be able to stay in the moment, stay relaxed? But yeah, it's actually just kind of reminding yourself, checking in every couple of minutes. Am I holding tension in my hands? Am I holding tension in my feet? Um, am I running with a, an engaged core? All those keys that uh, they they tell us for a uh, great running form, just to stay relaxed. So that's how, that's how I kind of think of it. And that's how I would, would position it is to be conscious, be thinking about, are you holding tension, especially after a busy, stressful day and relief, release that tension, just relax. And, uh, it's excellent. But at, at times during that run though, that 50 miler, did you wish that you had that music to kind of distract that mind from focusing on maybe your feet were feeling a little bit worn down or, you know, some of your joints? Uh, did you want that welcomed distraction at some point? You know, leading up to it, I thought I did, but when I was running it, no, I didn't. I, I enjoy, I totally enjoyed the whole 12 hours, every step, every station, every crew checkpoint, all the runners, I loved it. So I would, I wouldn't want that a distraction. And maybe that was a, a light switch that turned on for me is it's not about the distracting. It's about leaning into the, the hurt, the pain. It's all good pain and, and not shying away from that. There was something that was just on the, the recent extra mile list podcast. I think it was episode 79. They had Matt Fitzgerald and Ryan white on, and uh, they talked about that, about pain. As humans, we want to try to avoid pain at all, at all costs. But as runners, as we develop, especially starting off, and as you develop, you're going to be sore. That's one of the tips in here is about it's okay to be sore. And the podcast with uh, Matt Fitzgerald, they explored that. And uh, they made the comment that not all pain is damage. So as a new runner, you might be out there thinking uh, something hurts, but it's kind of coming to peace with that. Is it hurt? Um, is it damaged? You, you'll you know the difference. As you started off running, did you wake up in the morning? Did you feel a little bit of new pain that you didn't feel before? Absolutely. But then I asked myself, who's going to lift the boats? Who's going <laughs> to lift the logs? And I had to get back out there and get right back at it. That's so, right. That's in all right. honesty, <laughs> no, it, definitely you you feel it, um, whether it's you know in your in your caboose or your, your thighs, your, your calves, uh, certainly felt the difference, uh, being a more regular runner. And, um, it's kind of the good hurt though. You, you can tell the good hurt from the bad hurt pretty easily. Right. And uh, you almost, 
long for that, uh, the good hurt because you feel like you're, you're doing something to improve your overall wellness and fitness. So you're bang uh, on, but yeah. definitely, def- definitely felt that when there's been any kind of uh, hiatus from running, uh, getting back out there, you just, uh, you feel it again. That's right. Yeah. No, and you know what, like that daily pain, um, it's okay to feel a little sore in the morning. Uh, it should go away pretty quick as you start to move around. If it doesn't, that's another sign. Our bodies are constantly trying to talk to us. Most of us aren't listening. So it goes back to that. Maybe the music or the stuff that we're listening to, that can be helpful, but it also could be a distraction. And if you're distracted, you're missing the cue that your body's actually trying to to tell you. So in the past, if I noticed uh, my ankle was a little sore or my calf was sore and I had my music blaring, um, now that if I run without it, I can say, oh, Maybe I'm slouched down a little bit, like keep the shoulders up, arms back, run proud, you know, keep the arms in the right position. So like those cues your body's trying to tell you, they, they mean everything. And in the morning, if you're not feeling better after the first couple of minutes, you probably ran too hard the day before and you might need a day off. And that's another one of the tips that they, that they offer here is it's okay to skip a day, especially new runners, uh, runners who are just starting off. You don't actually have to run every single day. I like what you shared. You're trying to do 5K five days a week, right? Maybe a run every now and then on the weekend, but you didn't do too much. You were you had a really good um, goal in mind, which not to run every single day. You might get there one day, but right now it was run 5K a day. So how did you get there? Like, how did you get to, why did you want to run 5K five days a week? In my mind, 5K has just been, you know, a respectable, and this is not even for other people, I guess, but uh, it's one of those distances where uh, I think at first it seemed daunting for me. And I remember years ago, um, this has got to be sometime between maybe 2012, 2013, when I was starting to, uh, this is one of those chapters where I ran for maybe a month or two and then stopped. But that was something that, you know, in the evening I would get out and run that and I would have that sense of accomplishment because it wasn't just, you know, one kilometer or two in my mind, it was five. And that was a lot for me. I thought that this is something that I'd never do. And then I started doing it regularly. So not saying this is kind of going against one of the earlier tips there where, you know, work your way up to the distance or distance doesn't really matter. But in my mind, I I wanted to challenge myself and uh, five has always been that that level of, uh, okay, I accomplished something that day and, and that was it. But now, you know, five doing a daily five, um, it's the weekend runs where I can get up to, you know, eight or 10 kilometers that now I'm feeling that, okay, I have a sense of accomplishment that I've done a little bit extra if time permits, you know, having a young family and a busy work life too, as we were mentioning before, time is uh, at a premium and it's uh, sometimes it's not available. And I know today I probably won't get out for a run, and but that's okay. I'll find the time over the holidays. Uh, we're, we're getting into the, you know, the Christmas season right now with um, you know, lots, lots on the go in terms of family commitments. So fitting it in when I can is key. Um, but knowing that I don't need to do that every day is, um, is also something I've become a little more comfortable with. Yeah, like that's, that's awesome. As, and from what I'm hearing from a new runner, you're well positioned for like tons of success because I was going to ask you that. How do you come to terms if you can't actually get your 5K 
uh, run in, in a day? Do you battle that? Does it make you feel bad during the day? How does that feel? But it sounds like you've come to terms with that. You're okay. You're, you're, you're easy. It, it's not a rigid part of your day. Is, is that, would that be an accurate assessment? I'd say yes. Uh, we have had some uh, gastro issues uh, this week with the house, <laughs> and, uh, you know, cold and flu season making its way through. So I didn't want to test myself running uh, too much after uh, what we experienced. So we'll, we'll I get been... to do a to a trail race where you can really t- test those <laughs> gastro issues there, Mark. We testing a few things if that's the case, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it was one of those weeks where we've uh, kind of taken a step back from doing too much uh, too soon. And uh, so I'm still getting out with the dog uh, morning walks there, but nothing to, I I didn't want to pound the pavement too much until things got a little more uh, back to normal. So, but yes, I've become a little more comfortable with uh, the days where, you know, I'm not running out there. I find other things to do. I'm still getting a decent amount of steps in, which is great. Um, if I can fit in a longer walk with the dog in the morning or in the evening, evening too, as well, then I feel I'm getting a certain level of fitness. Uh, it's just not the same as, you know, a run, but it makes me look that much more forward to that next run when I get out there. Yeah, no, it's, that's a good aspect. There was, I believe it was Steve Magnus and Brad Stolberg that, uh, the advice they offer for runners or for anybody exercising, does the thing control you? Or do you control the thing? And as a, I would say, intermediate runner who tries to run every single day, I can see different times in my month, my year, where, yeah, the run actually does control a little bit too much of my day or of my my focus. And that's because I'm training for a big goal. And what's important is it's okay to be that way sometimes, but you have to be able to come to terms that it's okay to step away, that if you miss your run, it's not going to be the end of the day, the end of the world. But then as you're training for a big event, it's okay to be a little bit of Goggins. You know what? If it's 11 o'clock at night and that's the only time you have to get your run in, get out there and get your run in. Like you just got to get this done, right? But you can't be that way all the time. So don't let that run. Don't let the exercise control you. You have to have control over it. That was pretty cool. I that was a good uh, key that I, I took away from Steve and Brad on that. On that, oh, that's great. Now, Todd, this is our first real full episode of uh, our podcast, so I, I want to thank folks that have been listening this far along for for us as we kind of tweak, adjust things. I know we have a lot of fun things planned over uh, the next several months, but can you let us know? just a few things that that's coming up for us uh, on this podcast or what, what kind of you know topics do you think we'll start exploring? Uh, what kind of guests are you hoping to have on the show? You know what? Like when, when you and I were talking about the concept for Runderlust, to me, there was three kind of things that came out. The first thing would be that great guests uh, and guests that all have something in common. They've all done something really big, they're really great people. They want to help others, and and they're just they're gr- they're just great people. So we're gonna have some really great guests. Um, stories, you know what? These guests have some pretty good stories. You have some great stories. I have some great stories. We'll we'll share these stories. And the third thing would be like our experience and our learnings. So like, there's articles that we read, there are books that we come across, there's podcasts that we listen to, and pulling out some of those keys and exploring it. A little bit more in depth. So we're excited. Uh, we have some really great guests lined up 
it was one of the things that I, I thought that might have been the most difficult was to book a guest. So thankfully, the guests have uh, agreed and uh, put some faith into us. So booking the guests have actually been the easiest thing. The hardest thing actually has been setting up our cameras and uh, <laughs> trying to figure out this whole podcasting thing. So that's it. So you think of those three things. We're going to have some great guests, some great stories, and some really great learnings and experiences that we can all share. What 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 do you hope to that we can bring in 2024, Mark, with Renderless? Well, you touched on it there with the lighting. I want to make sure that, you know, everyone can see us in, in, the, in the right light. I promise that uh, in the next Wonderless show that that clock that is clicking uh, will not be in the background too as well. But you're right with how much time it took to actually get things situated here. So we are not professionals. I think that is the thing. And that's the accessibility to the show. You think people can tell that? <laughs> I hope that that resonates with people that this could be you. You maybe on the show in the future. So uh, if you're listening right now, uh, again, thank line. you. Absolutely. The Runderless yeah. show at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, if you get, if you want to share something big, you done, give it, give us a line. We'd love to hear. That's right. And then uh, if you want to follow Todd on Instagram, it is Todd. Ultra marathon man. And we'll link that in the show notes. And Mark, you are. Runkle Mark. Runkle Just think Mark. about like think about Scooby Doo saying Uncle Mark, and uh, that's uh, that's pretty much what you have. So uh, again, uh, it's it's going to be fun. I think um, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I never thought in a million years that we would be doing a podcast, or I'd even be on hey, a podcast. But here we are. Look at us. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, it's hey, be this fun. has been this has been so much fun, Mark. This has been so much fun. Now uh, we'll do some post-processing to see how this actually goes, if we can actually get this up into the Internet of Things. And uh, I don't know. So stay tuned. This was episode Wonderlust. And uh, episode two should be dropping early in the new year, and that will be with a great guest. Uh, we, won't, we won't give any – maybe we'll drop some nuggets on social media that people can kind of anticipate who the our great first guest would be. But with that, I just want to thank you for uh, – listening to all my running stories and i want to thank you for starting to run because i think uh, it's a great foundation to build on a ha happy and healthy life so kudos for you mark absolutely i i think i thank you for all the uh information that you've shared over the years and uh yeah here we are so um looking forward to episode number two everyone have a safe and happy holiday and uh we will see you soon that's right love the run every step tells a story <laughs> <laughs>